I'm Steph. And I'm Drew. And you're listening to Spirited Spirits. In The Empire Strikes Back, there is a sequence as widely known. Luke is dangling from a pipe after having his hand cut off by Darth Vader. Do you remember that part? Yes, of course. Okay. So at that point, Darth Vader asks Luke if he knew what happened to his father, where Luke says that Obi-Wan told him that Darth killed him. What does Darth Vader say after that? Well, I know that most people would quote him as saying, Luke, I am your father. So that's actually incorrect. He says, no, I am your father. Right. So now many of our listeners may be confused, thinking, wait a second, I know for sure he says, Luke, I am your father. But go back and watch it, and you will see that I'm right here. Um, If you just question reality, well, then you could have just experienced the Mandela effect. Yes, I am so excited to talk about tonight's topic It's something I've been fascinated with since I first learned about it a few years ago, like years and years ago, really, at this point. But before we jump in, I wanted to let folks know what we're drinking tonight. We are sipping on an Aperol Spritz, um, which is essentially Aperol and Prosecco. You can also add in some um, uh, soda water if you want. But um, we're, we didn't have that, so <laughs> right. So it's just the Prosecco and the Aperol. And we'll post a photo on our Instagram account if you'd like to check that out. Now, back to the topic at hand. Okay. <laughs> so the Mandela Effect is a popular and highly debated type of false memory where people will recall an incident, a text that is not correct, and there are three features to the Mandela Effect. Recalling entire events that simply did not happen. Mm-hmm. Having warped memories where some aspects are partially or completely false. Several unrelated people share almost identical and inaccurate memories. Mm -hmm. So according to Fiona Broom, the paranormal researcher who coined the term the Mandela Effect, she was at a conference and began talking to conference goers about the tragedy of previous South African President Nelson Mandela and his death in a South African prison in the 1980s. However, with further research, she found that President Mandela did not actually die in the 80s, but he instead passed away in his home in 2013. So when Brahm uh, talked to other conference attendees about her faulty memories, she found that she was not alone. Many people referenced seeing news coverage of Mandela's death as well as a speech made by his widow in the 80s. Yes, and one thing I did want to note here in what you were talking about is this is an observable phenomena. Thousands of people have claimed to remember things that do not appear to be true in this reality. Right. 
So I just wanted to clarify that, that like, this isn't just one or two people being like, hey, I thought that Mandela died or whatever the, the we'll find out that there's multiple ones. But um, this is this is thousands of people all sharing the same memory that allegedly doesn't exist. Yes. So um, there have been numerous examples of the Mandela effect throughout the years, and even more, they're still being like observed by people and mentioned in forums and videos online. Mm-hmm. So I thought that would run through a few examples and see what you all think. Mm-hmm. So in the classic Disney cartoon, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, what does the evil queen say when she looks in the mirror? And we'll give a dramatic pause. <laughs> So most people might say it's mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all. But in actuality, it's magic mirror on the wall. Yeah, and this one is just absolutely crazy to me because I clearly remember at one point watching it and and her saying mirror, mirror. Not to mention the fact that even Disney has referenced Mirror Mirror in other movies and TV shows. Right. So, in fact, in the movie um, Disenchanted... Which I don't is, think I watched that one. You TV. didn't, but it came out last November, um, November 2022, and it is the sequel to Enchanted. Yes. And one of the quote-unquote villains, she's like the queen of the town, says Mirror Mirror on the wall. And she says this in referencing to who's the most powerful of them all. Okay, there was also the 2012 live action adaptation of Snow White that's called Mirror Mirror. It has, um, oh, what's her name in it? Um, Julia Roberts. Oh, she's actually the evil queen in that. Okay, and it's called Mirror Mirror. Okay, so I can understand why people got this confused when they when they go back and they watch and it she says Magic Mirror in the original cartoon and you're confused because you've always thought it was mirror mirror because that's essentially what pop culture has been teaching us over the past right so many years okay so steph how do you spell the popular children's book title the berestein bears this one just absolutely baffles me and this is actually one of the first ones i heard about and it really shook me when i heard it because I know, growing up, it was the Berenstain, or Berenstein. Oh, God, I just screwed it up. Um, the Berenstein Bears. I clear, clearly remember it was S-T-E-I-N, Berenstein. So, and, and that's incorrect. Right. So it's B-E-R-E-N-S-T-A-I-N. Now, I thought as a kid that it was Berenstein bears as well Berenstein. yeah but it's mm-hmm. bear stain and it's it's actually the author's names yes and so i but i thought it was the other way around i've thought it, it like until recently well and i didn't even realize it until our kiddo when, when he was a toddler do you remember yeah we got he him would watch those. well the books but do you remember he'd watch the show Berenstain bears yes and it had that really obnoxious theme song yes and i was like baron stain what the hell Right. Yeah. So, interesting. So, so, one last one I want to mention. Steph, do you remember the Monopoly guy wearing a monocle? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I swear I, I swear he had it because, and I know now it's missing. Like, if you look at any of the covers of the board game, it's just him dressed in a black suit with a top hat. And, in fact, I found one image of him. But he's, like, he's got a white mustache. It's like the evil mustache. It kind of curls up, you know, kind of like, like what you've got going like on. Like mine. Yeah, I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> but he's like 
touching his white mustache in the same way that it looks like he would have held up his monocle had it been there. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Like it was there before, but now it's not? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to show you that image. Maybe we can post it if I... If you can find it? Well, I can find it. Well, now I say something, maybe it'll be gone. No, no. Oh, shit. So, there are many Mandela effects. Way too many to discuss on this podcast. Um... And they're fun to, like, if you all get a chance to look these up and you can see for yourself, I would really encourage you all to um, to look these up and see, like, watch videos and, and actually do some research and to really deep dive into these different Mandela effects that people are still discovering to this day. I mean, there was one I saw about Britney Spears. When you think of really? Britney, yes. If you think of Britney Spears, her first music video, Hit Me Baby One More Time. Yeah. What is she wearing? A schoolgirl outfit. What consists of a schoolgirl outfit? A uh, short skirt, um, a white shirt. And tied what off. does her skirt look like? It's checkered, right? No. It's not. It almost a lot of almost every depiction that I thought of and what I remembered when I was growing up was her in a plaid skirt. Yeah. Now it's just a black skirt. A if black you, skirt? Yes. If you rewatch the music video, hit me baby one more time. I thought it was at least gray with a light, like, it, light it, checkered type of... No, this is the new Mandela effect. Okay. So it's really weird. Um, but, Drew, I know you really want to dive into the psychology of yes. Mandela effects. Yeah, and it's a lot... Um, memory work is really... Um, deep there's a lot into it and so i'm gonna go in hold on to your hard hats so it, <laughs> it um we're gonna go deep into like stimuli um and stuff like that so um so there's like there's several psychological schools of thought on this like the first one is called priming okay. priming is when you are exposed to a stimulus and that exposure influences the response to like or the response to like the next stimulus okay mm -hmm. so as example would be if i said ground you might immediately think of grass dirt if i say sky you'll think of star moons clouds etc mm -hmm. so it says that suggestibility can affect a person's memory and reaction okay. okay the second is false memory and this one is usually the one that's the like the like i think it's like the top one for mandela effect yeah so this was initially investigated by Pierre Jeannette and Sigmund Freud, and who was who was fascinated by memory and all the ways that we could understand it and how memories can be manipulated. Mm -hmm. So during a study in 1974 conducted by Elizabeth Loftus, they investigated investigated the effects of language on the development of false memories. So per this study, mm -hmm. There were 45 participants who were randomly assigned to watch different videos of a car accident in which separate videos had shown collisions at 20 miles per hour, mm -hmm. 30 miles per hour, and 40 miles per hour. Afterwards, participants filled out a survey. The survey asked a question about how fast were the cars going when they smashed into each other. The question always asks the same thing, except the verb used to describe the collision varied. Hmm. So rather than smashed, other verbs were used, including bumped, collided, hit, contacted. Participants estimated collisions of all speeds to average between 35 miles per hour to just below 40. 
If actual speed was the main factor in estimate, it could be assumed that participants would have lower estimates for lower speed collisions. Instead, the word being used to describe the collision seemed to be better predict the estimate and speed rather than the speed itself. So, so I'm confused. So what that means, that. <laughs> okay. So what that means is like if they would say, "Oh, this car is going at 30 miles per hour mm-hmm. when they um, collided," okay? Or I'm sorry, this 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 one was going like this. These two cars collided, and then they were supposed to ask like, you know, how fast they were going mm-hmm. and it was always like higher on the higher end depending on what the verb usage was okay. so instead of like if it was smash it was higher on the on the on the how fast i think they were going okay okay so the second experiment also showed participants videos of a car accident but the phrasing of the follow-up questionnaire was critical in participant responses 150 participants were randomly assigned to three conditions those in the first condition were asked the same question as the first study using the verb smashed. The second group was asked the same question as the first study, replacing smashed with hit. The final group was not asked about the speed of the car crash cars, which was the controlled one. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the researchers then asked the participants if they had seen any broken glass, knowing that there was no broken glass in the video. The responses to this question had shown that the difference between whether broken glass was recalled or not heavily depended on the verb used. So if the verb, you know, a larger sum of participants, like when the smash group declared that there was broken glass. Mm -hmm. So if the verb... Suggestibility in the sense that they, like, if it's smashed, some glass would likely be broken. So they're going to say that there was broken glass in those. Yes. Okay. So in this study, the first point brought up the discussion that the words used to phrase a question can heavily influence a response given. Second, the study indicates that the phrasing of a question can give expectations to previous ignored details, therefore a misconstruction of our memory recall. This indication supports false memory as an existing phenomenon. So what that means is like the suggestibility of questions asked can actually increase the probability of a false memory. So Steph, if I said to you, um, you know, oh gosh. Okay, so if I say to you, Drew, I remember a movie with Sinbad, and he was a genie. <laughs> Do you remember that movie? Oh yeah, it's um, Kazam. Shazam. Shazam. Kazam, See, Kazam is the Kazam one is with the, the real it, one. Yeah, Kazam is had, the real one with Shaq. Uh, yes. Shaq. So, but Shazam is the with Sinbad allegedly that the, doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. So, but you, but the way you phrase it. Is, makes you makes you yes think oh yeah I think I do remember that right okay so they also found how um, presuppositions can affect misinformation and a presupposition is an implication through chosen language if a person is asked what shade of blue was the wallet the questionnaire mm-hmm. is like saying the wallet was blue mm-hmm. what shade was it so the question's phrasing provides the respondent with a supposed fact. I see. Mm-hmm. So what that does is it creates two separate effects, true effect and false effect. True effect, the implication was accurate. The wallet really was blue. That makes the respondent's recall stronger, more readily available, and easier to like expedite from. Mm-hmm. 
A respondent is more likely to remember a wall as blue if the prompt said that it was blue and then the prompt did not say so. So in false effect, the implication was actually false. The wallet was not blue, even though the question asked what shade of blue it was. And this convinced the respondent of its truth, which affects the actual memory. Yeah. So, Steph, if I said, you know, okay, you remember in on the internet there were those, um, there were those pictures of the dress that were like blue and pink. Yes. And people were like, "What shade?" No, of... it was uh, blue and gold. Whatever. Okay. Uh, whatever. But if I said like, "What what shade of pink is that dress?" Instead of asking you what color is that dress, you might more likely be like, "Oh, well, that's." a salmon color or something like that, you'd be more apt to agree with me yeah. because I'm telling you the, I'm wondering the truth. if I'm wondering if this is a technique that lawyers use. Oh, when on yeah. the stand. Yes, I was thinking that too. you've got someone on the stand and you're like trying to get them to respond in such a way that proves mm-hmm. your client's innocence. Right. Yeah. So, Loftus meta-analysis on language manipulation studies suggests that the misinformation effect taking hold on the recall process and products of the human memory. Even the smallest adjustment in a question, such as the article preceding the supposed memory, could alter the responses. For example, having asked someone if they had seen the stop sign rather than a stop sign provided Mm. the respondent with a presupposition that there was a stop sign at the scene. So you think also... When you're pulled over. Yeah. If a cop says, didn't you see that stop sign back there? Or instead of, hey, did you see a stop sign? Well, no, I didn't see the stop sign. Or yes, I did see the stop sign. Could have been, you know, Mm -hmm. a different response. Right. So the presupposition increases the number of people responding that they had indeed seen the stop stop, stop sign. (laughs) Um, So I know that's a lot. Okay, yeah. Memory work is really difficult to understand sometimes. However, the main takeaway here is that tweaking a question even slightly can have an effect on the answer or the memory that is recalled. Well, and from what I understand, these are all theories, right? No one actually understands how the brain stores memories. So... I mean, I, I don't know that for sure. I can't. I want. I don't want to say, yes, that's true. No, that's not. Because I'm not an expert on memory. Okay. But... Um, I mean, there's a lot of theories on how memory works. Okay. I was just curious. So there's also confabulation, which is a type of memory error that when a person has gaps in their memory, it is filled with fabricated, misinterpreted, or distorted information. Mm. So it's just kind of like the memories version of Jurassic Park where the DNA code is spliced with frogs. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it should be say that like confabulation isn't lying. It's a person is confident they they are correct in their truth of memory, even when conflicted with contrary information. Is that a type of trauma? Like, is there a trauma basis yeah, there's, for that? So when I looked up some research on this, there's, like, some stuff with, I mean, okay, there's, like, trauma. Mm-hmm. It's the brain's ability to protect itself. Right. I was there's, thinking about, like, dissociation and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then there's also, um, you know, brain disorders. Okay. You know, Alzheimer's, dementia, yeah. um, you know, tra- like traumatic brain injuries, um, some psychological conditions. But then they also said in the article, healthy people without any type of these, like, you know, variables also have had confabulation. So it's like, well, yeah, you know. Interesting. So there's two different types. There's provoked 
which mm-hmm. occurs when someone um, creates an untrue story in response to a specific question. And this is like, again, most common and frequent people in dementia or amnesia. They're spontaneous. And this one is less common. This is someone tells a fabricated story without any obvious like motivation or provocation. So like I said, it's it's can be associated with memory disorders and psychi- psychiatric conditions. However, it's been observed in people with no history of like neurological mental health condition or brain, mm-hmm. you know, damage. It also th- makes me think of people who are so used to telling lies that they believe their own lies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I think that's different because confabulation isn't lying. Right. I know. I said so, it's... so it's not, that's not lying, but maybe it's, it's, it's like almost like very close to, but it remind it just reminded me of that kind of idea. Right. You, you start to believe those. Right. And so those, are just a couple of different theories. There's like way more. Yeah. Um, we'd be here all night if I was like, <laughs> and, and, and honestly, I would go to sleep, like probably asleep talking about them all. And you would probably go to sleep <laughs> listening to them all. Um, psychologists have been trying to scientifically prove the Mandela effect is a memory issue and not something more nefarious or, mm-hmm. you know, anything like that. But mm-hmm. I know that's not my bag, baby, and I'll, that's yours. So yes. let's dive into that part of the topic, the paranormal theories. Yes, let's do that. Um, so there's actually a lot of different ideas and information about potential paranormal causes of Mandela effects. And I'm going to talk very generally about some of these that I have read up on and watched videos of. and Because I, it, it's again, it's like... You with you and the psychological stuff and the um, memory, like yeah. you could talk for hours. We could have a discussion for hours on the different theories, paranormal theories behind what could be causing this. So I'm going to talk very generally. Okay. First, there is the idea of the Mandela effect could be caused by time travel. There are many theories about time travel, but I'm going to speak about two ideas. One is that we live in a dynamic timeline in which traveling back in time could alter the course of history, either significantly or insignificantly. It's simply a matter of what you might be changing in the process. So think of Back to the Future too. When Marty buys the sports almanac and he plans to make himself rich betting on some of the games, right? Right. Making some money. Instead, Biff gets a hold of the almanac and the DeLorean, and he travels back in time to bet on the races and ends up creating a future in which he is now rich and powerful. Doc and Marty have to travel back to that exact time in 1955 when Biff, when Biff gives his younger self the almanac so that they can correct the timeline, right? Yeah, that's my favorite Back to the Future. But remember, in the first movie, they went back in time and they made some like minor changes like he um the way that he had his parents meet it like made his dad a little bit more confident yeah and so like it it affected the timeline in the sense that his parents were now more in love in the future and they weren't quite as like um what's the right word um oh, i'm trying to think of the right word but i can't think of it right now okay. but essentially like it changes his future for the better. It's like a small change, ultimately, because his parents are still together. It's not like he altered a whole lot, but they're no longer jaded, right? They're no longer jaded. They're, like, confident and happy and in love and, like, 
they're in a better situation. Like his dad's writing books now and he's like, yeah. you know, a, a successful author. So it's like little changes, fairly insignificant. I mean, they're significant for that family. And then these larger changes where Biff, Biff is the like the rich, powerful, making all right. this shit happen in this in Hill Valley, right? Right. Or whatever. Okay, so all that to say, there's also the multiverse or multiple timelines theory in which there are infinite number of universes that exist. Oh, like Spider-Verse. Yeah. Well, like, what is it? Um, mul- the multiverse in the Marvel movies? The um, Yeah, like the multiverse. What's, it's Doctor Strange Doctor and the multi, Str- multiverse of madness. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So that's exactly like it. So every decision you make creates a new path in the timeline, right? And like the um, the movie with What's-His-Butt that we... Or not movie. It was a show. Oh, yeah. Thor's brother. Oh, Loki. Loki. And he, there was multiple yeah. Lokis, right? Yeah, that was, was a good multi- show. Multiple universes. So in one timeline, Loki is the Loki we've come to know and love, right? Yes. And then there's the Loki that's a female version, and then there's a Loki that's like a, you know. So are we are we saying that there's multiple, like multiple universes, and these things are like changed very slightly? But then why would they change in our universe? Because we are traveling, we're jumping between those multiple universes without realizing it. What? So this is one of the theories. Okay. So people believe that we could be jumping between multiple universes, and so that could explain why in one timeline the Berenstein Bears exist. Okay. Well, if that's the case, and I'm going to go Donnie Darko on this. Yeah, please do. I always love that. (laughs) Go for it. We would need a large metal craft or something to do that. Well, with, and right? and actually, the whole I would world can't do it. I would actually argue that, um, and you can, you, if you feel differently, you can let me know. But Donnie Darko might be actually a dynamic timeline, because in the dynamic timeline, you're moving forward and backward, and so his decision to move backward and to essentially allow himself to die, right, by having the airplane. Okay. Thing fall on him and kill him directly affects the future, but then everyone remembers, right? Remember, right. everyone kind of wakes up remembering. That's going to be a different, I think that's more of dynamic timeline than it is the multiverse. You know what this reminds me of? What? Okay. This is going to, we're going to go down like a deep video game rabbit hole here. So, one of my favorite video games of all time is Bioshock. Okay. Okay. When Bioshock Infinite was really was like announced, mm-hmm. they did this teaser trailer announcement trailer where um, one of the characters in there, Elizabeth, can do these like tears in space and time. Yes, and like she I opens it up, this. and then you can like go through it. But she does it at one point in the trailer, and it opens up, and there's like a um, a movie, like a theater. Mm-hmm. And what's playing is, it's like an old school movie theater. Like, because in, in Bioshock, it's like the 50s or something like that. Okay. Well, isn't there another Bioshock where it's even earlier than that? Like so, 18, 1900s? But, so here's, but here's the thing it's like she does this tear, and there's this like old school movie theater, but the movie that's playing, it says, is Return of the Jedi. Mm. Now, when I play the video game, I don't remember that occurring. Okay. So that didn't like that didn't happen in the game, and I had to go back. I'm going to go back after record this podcast and see if uh-huh. that actually did exist or I'm having a blip. But like, 
I remember that being one of those things. Like, oh, that's cool. That's a cool thing to do. Yeah. Like having, like, there's this tear in space and time, and you know, this other universe that we're stepping into is this alternate timeline. Right. And I thought that's what that's what you're doing. And and there's some stuff in there too, like that. But always a lighthouse. There's always a man. There's always a girl. You know that stuff. If you played the game, you know. Um, but that so like that was one of those things where I was like, oh, maybe that's kind of like a Mandela effect Could type be. of situation. Yeah. So there's actually several video game Mandela effects. I almost sent you a video on it. Well, shit. I need to send it to you. You need to send that to okay, me. Okay, so I've got one for you. Okay. You have to, I, I'm gonna. We're going a little off course, off script here. That's fine. Um. So there's a Mandela effect for Legend of Zelda. What? For Ocarina of Time. Oh my gosh! Okay. Did you ever used to fish in the pond? Yeah. So apparently the the uh, Mandela effect is that the fish in the pond used to be called the Hylian lo- loach, and now it's called the Hyrulean poach. Oh God! I, or loach. I don't know it that well. Okay. To, to determine that. So and apparently they so in one of the videos I watch again we're gonna you'll have to look on YouTube. But um, that slight change between Hylian and Hyrulean or whatever it was, Hyrule, Loach, um, you can actually find, so in the original game it was Hyrule, Loach, if you go back and play it now. But there's some guides, like player guides, Yeah. they're referred to a Loach. And then there's uh, the game between, it's like... um, Majora's Mask? No, they were saying there was something that came out. It wasn't directly Legend of Zelda. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Animal Crossing? <laughs> yeah, that's not a Zelda game. I know, but they were saying that, like, there's a reference of a loach, and they said, is it Hylian? Oh. And it was, like, a joke for people who've played Legend of Zelda. And so they were like... Anyway, to me, that's just a simple little error, because, like, Hyrule is the kingdom in which Legend of Zelda yeah. is based. Hylian is a type of race of people, right? Yeah. So, like, to me, that feels insignificant, whether it's right. Hyrule or Hylian. But there's other video game Mandela effects that you should definitely look into. You can find them on YouTube. That there's a guy who has apparently a lot of time on his hands and can find all of these Mandela effects. We don't have much time. I'm not a video gamer, so I can't speak to those. But, okay, going back to time travel and time in and of itself. So, you've heard of the butterfly effect, correct, babe? Yes. You've seen the movie Butterfly Effect, haven't you? Unfortunately. (laughs) Okay, well, so the butterfly effect is essentially an allegory for chaos theory. Did you know that? Yeah. Okay. Um, It's Essentially, it's our world is so interconnected that small changes or a small change in the timeline can cause a larger impact in the future. So a butterfly dies and then it it, it can create this catastrophic event in the future. Right. Okay. In a more sinister plot, so, okay, so real quick. So that was essentially saying that, like, some if we go back in time or if something happens in the past, it could have catastrophic events. So, like, okay, so one of the, the videos I watched was essentially, like, 
Hitler wanted to be an art. Did you know Hitler was like an art major? He wanted to be an artist. No. So Hitler was apparently really into art. And if he had only stuck with that, if he had been accepted to art school, we wouldn't have had the Holocaust. But it's like that one small thing. Oh, okay. Caused so this like, larger chaotic well, event. Well, I feel like took her. That could be anything too. Like you could go yeah. back at any tragedy in America. And you don't know. It's like hindsight world. is twenty twenty, right? right? You, you don't know. You don't necessarily know until you know. But all that to say is like one small little decision, one little thing that happens causes a larger thing. So is that kind of explaining maybe? If someone were to go back in time and cause one small little minor change, could it have these catastrophic events? We're not saying that, right. well, you we know, Berenstain to... versus Berenstain bears is a catastrophic event. I'm not right. saying that, but... Well, we also talked about, we've talked about something similar in the past in past episodes, especially I remember the Gainesville one. We talked about yes. how he, he was a musician, a musician. Yeah. and if he had just stuck with music instead of like killing people he would yeah. have been pretty good and have been up there with like bob dylan right so but so i mean i think that's neither here or there with like hindsight like you said hindsight 2020 right exactly so, so okay so all that to say butterfly effect so in a more sinister plot though some speculate that the work that cern is doing with the large hedron collider the world's largest and most powerful particle accelerator could be the cause of these discrepancies in our timeline See, the v device was actually first turned on in September of 2008. It was actually September 10th of 2008. Could it be causing these seemingly inconsequential changes in our universe? See, theoretical physicist Stephen Hawkins was very concerned that the Large Hadron Collider could create a sm these small black holes in our universe that could cause right. catastrophic events. Astrophysicist Neil deGrasse um, Tyson also expressed his concerns, as did astronomer Carl Sagan and author, science fiction author, Arthur C. Clarke. They so, all had concerns. And even Barack Obama, in one thing I read, he was concerned about what was going on with the Large Hadron Collider. That's interesting. That reminds me, again, of two things. One... It again reminds me of like that Bioshock thing where like there's like maybe tears. Yes. And our could it be a tear? Our could there reality, be tears? Yeah. yeah, that are like opening up. Um, and it also reminds me of the Spider Verse movies because also Stranger Things. That's what I was thinking too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like waiting for you to say Stranger Things, but you didn't. <laughs> well, because I thought of Spider Verse because at the very like in the very first one. You know, the whole reason why there ends up being a spider verse mm -hmm. is because there's a, a collider. See? And so, See? and, um, they always tell us what they're doing before they do it. And well, this is, well, this is after though, because it was mm -hmm. turned on mm -hmm. 2008. True, true. So, yes. um, but the collider gets like, you know, it starts pulling in not only, um, the different spider people, but then pulls in other things too. Right, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, um, it's it's a lot to think on. I think that there's, I mean, I can I can say for sure that I've noticed a change. I don't know about you, I don't know about you, but I feel like I've noticed a change, at least for me personally, since 2016, if not sooner than that. 
just like I feel I feel like there I remember well a I remember like being worried about 2012 and like the Mayan apocalypse and like but but I feel like there I I don't know I feel instinctually there's there's been a shift well I think also and if we're being real here is that us as a human uh, as humans we have always been like oh the apocalypse is coming at some point yeah, but so we did y2k the 2012 thing and then there was a 2020 thing um so i think we're always looking for the signs of the apocalypse and the end days yeah. and i think you know whether well not all of us but some of us well i think <laughs> i think you know if you're religious or not i think you know people are fascinated with you know things that could like aliens or things that mm -hmm. come to the earth or other dimensions like stuff like that but also if you know you do have a spiritual religious side to you like you know the apocalypse like a, a lot of different religious you know spiritual beliefs have some sort of feeling apocryphal, of the, yeah. apocryphal. apocryphal apocryphal i think that's a word <laughs> okay okay but anyway. okay lastly i've got one more theory right okay one more kind of um Nefarious. Nef nef nefarious? Nefarious. 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 Okay. nefarious. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> One more theory. Some people have suggested that we live in a simulation. Oh, like the Matrix? Exactly. Okay. And these Mandela effects are essentially us remembering. Like, it's not just the Mandela effects. It's also deja vu. Oh, okay. These are proof that we live in a simulation. So, if you haven't watched the Matrix, which it's 1999 now... My, Surely my to God larger. you have but watched the spoiler Matrix. Spoiler alert. Like, in the Matrix, if there, if you feel like there is a sequence of deja vu, it is a glitch in the Matrix because yes. the machines have, quote-unquote, changed something in the simulation. Right. So, at one point, um, Neo is walking up some stairs. He sees a black cat go across the, the threshold. And then he looks back. And, and it he meows. Sees, he sees the same black cat go across and meow again. And he goes, oh, deja vu. And, like, everyone turns around and goes, what did you say? And they immediately get their guns out. And they're like, it means that some, they've changed something. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's a very interesting theory. Yeah, so it's these memories that we, these these false, quote, unquote, these false memories that we keep having are essentially a glitch in the matrix that we are remembering things that used to be before the system updated in the simulation okay so we are remembering again berenstein before it got changed to berenstein we're remembering um there's another one about peanut butter do you remember the brand of peanut butter jiff okay so the, some people swear that it was jiffy no, but there was another one like that. Skippy. Okay. So, so maybe... So here, maybe people are, again, associating I think, Skippy and yes. GIF and I think becoming that's, Jiffy. Yes, that's one of the theories I talked about with the memory, is that mm -hmm. you're putting two things together that were actually real, but your brain is, m like, melding them together to a false memory. Right. Okay. So let me ask you another one. Okay. Um, do you remember there was a Disney promo at the beginning of movies in the 90s okay. where it had the Disney um, castle okay. and Tinkerbell? Do you remember what Tinkerbell does in the opening sequence with the... No. Because I feel like there's been so many like, 
like versions of the Disney opening. You're not opening. playing with me here. Like, I need you to like... <laughs> well, I don't remember it. <laughs> I need you to like play this game with me. Okay. So um, there's some people who swear up and down that Tinkerbell flies around the castle. Okay. And it spells out Disney. And she try- she dots the I with her wand. I think I remember that. It doesn't exist. Wait, what? It does not exist. So did I just confab? What is it called? Confabulation. Yeah, did I just do that to you? I mean, I don't know, but I mean, I, well, I guess you knew that that was false, and then yes. you said it. So yes. it's not like you were trying to convince me of a truth that you believed, right? So I don't think that's confabulation. Okay. At that point. Well, that's what some people believe that there was an opening with Tinkerbell flying around the castle, and she dots the eye with her wand. Hmm. So, so I think, yeah, I, think, I mean, there's so I could go on. There's so many Mandela. Effects. Well, here, and the, the other thing too that we haven't talked about psychologically either is groupthink. Um, when you get like a big group of people together, whether in life or on the internet, um, the internet, uh, and you say like a certain thing, people are going to agree with it, right? And they're going to say, "Oh yeah, that exists." So you could say, hey, remember that thing that I remember from my childhood that may or may not be false, but I know that I feel like it is true. This is a confabulation here. Mm-hmm. And then you say on like a group message board, like, does anybody else remember that? Oh, yeah. I remember that, too. Yeah, but, I mean, I yeah. I hear what you're saying. I also, um, I, I just know, like, I can I can make excuses for some things. Like, the Question, Skippy you... versus Jif, Jif thing, I get that. Like, that t- makes total sense to me. But there's some things I swear by. Berenstain versus Berenstain. Okay, my question is this. Would you rather it be a memory issue where we're all just kind of, like, collectively remembering things differently or we're, we're in a simulation. Well, no, shit, I don't want to... <laughs> so. But, well, no, I don't believe... I, I mean, honestly, I, as a, a person of faith, I don't believe that we're in a simulation. But it is kind of also scary to think about um, AI and, um, you know, artificial intelligence creating uh, these videos and stuff that we're now seeing online... There was one, there, this is, we're going off a little topic here, but there was a couple that I saw where people have done like deep, deep fakes of actors, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like having interviews, like, and for comedic reasons. But now that's becoming part of the. And it's kind of freaky. Is it called the zeitgeist, right? Does the. Um, of the internet? Yeah. It's like now we're, that's becoming, so people are going to start. It, it makes me think about, like, politics, how, like, we can easily manipulate politicians mm-hmm. using AI to, like, say something that well, may like not Manchu- actually be Manchurian what Manchurian they... Candidate? Where the Manchurian Candidate was a robot? Is that what, is that, what that was? I think so. I, I don't it. think that's right. I think it was. was it? <laughs> We're going to Google this shit. Hold on Hold a second. On. Okay, I was so, mistaken. Yeah, so Manchurian <laughs> Candidate essentially is a person, especially a politician, being used as a puppet by an enemy power. Well, that happens all the time. I mean, I guess they could be a robot, babe, but that is not. <laughs> Look, man, I didn't see it. I just remember seeing. I remember seeing the trailer with Denzel Washington. Thought he was a robot. Okay, I just. <laughs> that's not right, but it's okay though. <laughs> 
Did you just snort on the podcast? No, yes. <laughs> okay. Anyway, listeners, what are your theories about the Mandela effect? Have you experienced these quote unquote false memories? Let us know. We want to hear about them. Email us at contactspiritedspirits at gmail.com. Yes, and please still, we're still waiting after all this time. Um, for anybody who wants to send in any type of experience or stuff they want us to talk on the podcast. So True would, stories. Yep, just email us and we'll have you on the podcast. Well, you, maybe, you know, you can call in. Yeah, we would love that. Yeah. That would be so much fun. So uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at spirited underscore spirits underscore podcast. Um, we are on threads actually still. Um, kind of. Not so much Twitter X um, no. anymore. Um, I haven't done anything without YouTube. There's like maybe three videos on there. We're also now apparently on TikTok, but I don't know how to do it. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> we we're, need we're to old, do something with TikTok. We're elder millennials, yeah. so we don't know how to use the TikTok yet. Help us. So, <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening to us. We hope you'll enjoy, or hope you will, hope you will join us next week as we sip on spirits while we talk about spirits and the Mandela effect. (laughs) Well, no, we're not going to talk about the Mandela effect next week. I know. I'm just kidding. Okay. (laughs) All right. Are you trying to be funny because it would be a false memory (laughs) or like a deja vu? Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Bye.